The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome in, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I am Joe DeLeon, joined by Nick Filato and Chris Flum, coming at you with a preview for the Giants' next matchup, that game being against the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a Monday night game, primetime action for the New York Giants, and we're going to be diving into an opponent that everyone expected to be a Super Bowl contender, but has really, really struggled so far this year. Now, it's pretty surprising that this is the game that was slotted in the Monday night (laughs) uh, slot for this week. But guys, it seems like this Chiefs team has been very, very underwhelming despite the just general expectation with Patrick Mahomes and that star-studded roster that they'll always be hyper-competitive. And we're going to dive into some of those issues, but just overall, it seems like they're having a lot of problems across the board. Yeah, the the Chiefs just haven't been playing up to that Super Bowl pedigree lately. Uh, Mahomes has been off for him. Uh, He leads the NFL in turnovers right now. Of course, he also does still have 18 touchdowns to his credit. So, you know, he's still Pat Mahomes, but he doesn't seem to have that same Superman feel to his game right now where he just can't be beat. And the rest of the Chiefs, they're just, they don't seem to be clicking. Uh, And I think there's probably a, a variety of reasons. I don't think there's any one thing that is just completely torpedoing their season so far. If it's anything, if, if you had to single it out, it's sadly Steve Spagnuolo in that defense, bro. Mm-hmm. I, I think a big reason for Patrick Mahomes' struggles is him trying to be Superman and play, I don't want to say above his head because it's really hard to play above your head when you're Patrick Mahomes, but try to do a little <laughs> bit too much because he knows his defense is just not great right now. They can't stop a lot on the on the ground. They don't do well through the air. They've just been allowing opposing offenses to score a lot of points against them. So he's kind of putting it on his shoulders and kind of going for home runs when sometimes you just got to settle for singles, man, maybe take a double here or there. just seems like he's always trying to go for the big play. He has to kind of stay within the structure of the play, which is something that makes Pat Mahomes great is that he doesn't always do that and that he does extemporize, but it seems like it has not worked recently. Even though we say that, man, it's really only been one game that's been terrible, but it was really, really terrible. Last year, he had a pretty bad game against Denver in week seven. 
but they dropped like over 40 points. But I think he threw like two interceptions and didn't really do much from a QBR standpoint. The very next week, he threw five touchdown passes. So it's Pat Mahomes, man. I, I'm not uh, too optimistic about the Giants this year. And you led in perfectly uh, to opening that discussion of, of talking about this Chiefs offense because we're expected – we're always expecting to see the Chiefs to put up a ton of yards, a ton of touchdowns, high-scoring games because they have a plethora of options for Mahomes to dish the ball to. Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, when Clyde edwards helaire is healthy, he's been a, a consistent starter, um, except when he turns the ball over. But right now, Nick, you mentioned it, it seems like we're seeing Mahomes trying to play a lot of hero ball. They're playing from behind. They're playing a lot of close games because they're – they're giving up so many points, and we'll unpack that later on in the show. But uh, the diagnosable issues with their offense this year seems to be from the the uh, attempts to make these big plays all the time from Mahomes, and you wonder if it's just in his head that he always needs to do something huge to keep them in games and, and to, to get ahead in games, that he's making these mistakes and he's turning the ball over way more um, than we've seen him do in the past. And we, and we know that's part of what comes with, with Mahomes is that he'll make a great throw, but he's a risky guy. He's a gunslinger, and he's going to turn the ball over, and we're starting to see the negative side of that. Yeah, these things do tend to come in chunks and waves like that where you know, a lot of turnovers, especially interceptions, come down to luck where you'll see the quarterback throw it to the defender, and it just glances off their hand. And you know, you you forget about that and move on, but you could throw the very same pass and it just barely sticks to the defender's hands. And all of a sudden it's a turnover. It's terrible. You know, there isn't really any difference between those two plays other than the fact that the defender hung on to the ball, which, you know, if they could hang on to the ball more consistently, they'd probably be playing offense. So, you know, we saw this happen with the uh, Eli Manning, you know, back in, 2010 he led the nfl in interceptions other than that he was playing really good football and i i forget which outlet it was a, this was a, it, you know the early dawn of analytics but they went back and looked at all of those picks and they found that he was just having balls fall into defenders hands at an abnormally high rate like just the ball never hit the ground and that was weird when it happened uh, michael vick that year he actually put the ball in danger about the same amount but then the ball just hit the ground you know these things happen it's just averages sometimes sometimes they're just not in your favor no sometimes they're not and last year i want to say patrick mahomes had a lot of intercepted interceptable balls that actually weren't intercepted to kind of go to your point chris but even with that man the guy is insane. Like what he yes. can do on the football field is crazy. They just had two straight away games. This is a prime time game back at Airhead. The New York Giants have a get right game against the Panthers. I think they inspired a lot of confidence. I don't think the Giants are going to necessarily roll over here. I think they're going to play really, really hard. But I do worry a little bit if Pat Mahomes can come out and get to like a 17 to three lead or a 14 to nothing lead. How is Jason Garrett going to call the offense? Because last week we saw a conservative approach, a very creative approach, you know, move the pocket, bootlegs, rollouts. Everything was kind of built and facilitated off the play action. When you're down by 14 points against Pat Mahomes on the other sideline, it's hard to kind of get, uh, build a game plan around that. So I'm interested. And Chris, I, I want to kind of bounce this off you. What do you think Garrett does in that situation if Pat Mahomes gets off to an early lead? I... 
I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I have a feeling we probably see them just air the ball out, do a lot of the things we saw the Giants do against the Cowboys, the going back to week one, the Denver Broncos, you know, yeah. where they start to take a lot more risks. They stop being quite so patient. And I think we also start to see a few more uh, uh, desperation plays where maybe they are less shy about putting Daniel Jones as a ball carrier or, you know, maybe take bit, you know, five, seven step drops when, you know, maybe they don't actually need to where, you know, they just, they start to feel the pressure to try to keep up with the opposing offense. Cause that's usually when the giants lose traction completely, when the other offense knocks them out of their game plan. So uh, diving a little more into this offense, though, we still know that despite their their issues that they're currently having, they're still very powerful. They're, they're capable of putting up big yards. They have the guys that are capable of, of doing it. And we've seen this Giants defense struggle against competent offenses, and the ones that they've dominated have been the incompetent ones. The, you know, the, the victories that they've had and the big defensive performances have been against teams that don't necessarily have a superstar quarterback that is of MVP caliber. So if we're taking a look at this this Chiefs offense, and I think that a lot of people already kind of have a sense of what they're like, but what are some of the things that that you guys feel that Giants fans should be aware of uh, coming into this game that, that might be uh, of danger for the Giants? Other than Pat Mahomes do, doing the <laughs> Other than pressure. Pat Mahomes, yeah. And, and by that, I, I constantly go back to him being perfectly parallel to the ground and still throwing an almost perfect pass that yeah it's hard not to gush about pat Pat mahomes he's he does things that are just not normal but for me i have to zoom in on travis kelsey just because this is the giants and you know their issues with tight ends are very well documented and travis kelsey is one of the very best tight ends and one of the biggest tight end threats with the ball in his hands in the whole NFL right now. And, you know, Tay Crowder is athletic. You know, the Giants have a tendency to put Jabril Peppers in coverage on tight ends. And, you know, neither one of them have really been able to slow guys down too much. You know, I know Tyreek Hill is the bigger threat from an athletic standpoint, but from a mismatch standpoint, Travis Kelsey is hard to beat. (laughs) Very hard to beat. Giants just lost to Brill Peppers, and he wasn't good in that role, like you said, man. So I don't know, man, about Travis Kelsey. I mean, right now I think he's fourth in yards after the catch in the entire NFL. So th- this guy, he he has that ability. The Giants haven't been as crisp with their tackling this year. So the Giants are going to really have to kind of bring everything, attention to detail, technique, and they have to be able to make plays when they present themselves. If you're one-on-one against Travis Kelsey, you have to bring him down. It's much easier said than done. But he's probably someone I'm, I'm incredibly worried about. I can see a huge game from him in prime time. And I can see Tyreek Hill beating James Bradbury. I love James Bradbury. I think James Bradbury is still underrated, despite the fact that he's not playing to the 2020 level that uh, that we hoped he kind of would replicate. But he's still not playing poorly. But one thing he struggles with is speed, outside releases and speed. And the Giants, I, I think they're going to be in the middle of the field open, two high looks quite often, four high looks. You know, cover four, cover two is probably what I would – in cover six are the coverages I think the Giants are going to focus on to kind of eliminate those deep threats. But even with that, 
<sighs> Tyreek Hill, man. I, I'm, I'm scared about him. I'm scared about Travis Kelsey. And I think they're going to try to establish the rushing attack too. That might not work, but I don't think the Giants are going to be able to replicate the run defense they had against Carolina because they could just focus on the run because it's like, oh yeah, Sam Darnold, whatever. You can't do that with Pat Mahomes. You have to allocate resources to stop him in that passing yeah. attack. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, one of the weird things I've noticed this year is that you know, as much as Mahomes has turned the ball over, he doesn't throw into coverage. He has the lowest uh, rate of passes that go into coverage of any quarterback this year. That's just, I don't know, just something I noticed that is weird. And part of it is how they use Kelsey and Hill to, you know, Andy Reid is great at you know, creating space for playmakers. And that I think is something Patrick Graham is going to have to really pay attention to, not let Andy Reid, you know, whether by moving the pocket or Mahomes doing Mahomes things or you know, how he de- designs his route concepts to, to not put the Giants defenders in too much conflict where you can get Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or who knows, you know, maybe even Josh Gordon. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past him. <laughs> Nicole but, you know, Hardman. Yeah. You know, one of these guys in space where they can get ahead of steam and then all of a sudden it's off to the races. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Yeah, and one thing that overall, just to, to kind of wrap this up, you, you guys touched on the issues with tackling that the Giants' defense has had. It feels like a lot of the big plays that happen, the the first downs that they pick up on on crucial third down situations, any of those things have been a result of of missed tackles and poor tackling. And this is a team that you cannot have that against. Tyreek Hill is very shifty and hard to tackle. Travis Kelsey, as we just talked about, is very hard to tackle. Uh, and then on top of that, if they had Clyde edwards Lair, I would throw him into the mix. But they've got a lot of other very shifty, fast receivers. Um, their running backs aren't really that like anything to just completely dismiss. So tackling, wrapping up is going to be as important as ever than really any other game this season. So it can't be something that really, really holds back this uh, this Giants defense. Flipping the script to talk uh, about this Chiefs defense. They have been terrible this year. Uh, there's not a really another word that that you can use to describe them. They have been really, really bad. Statistically, one of the worst in the NFL, which is such a shock because l- last year in the past couple of years with Steve Spagnuolo leading the charge, 
they were being uh, lauded one of the best in the NFL. It's a complete 180. They're having a lot of issues. Their losses have been a result of defensive mistakes and, and giving up tons of yardage. If you guys had to pinpoint something in particular that is leading to these problems, what do you think it would be? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure there is any one thing. You know, for you know, They've been bad in both rushing the passer and stopping the run. Part of that, I think, is due to matchups. You know, they faced the first, second, and third best pass protecting teams in the NFL this year. Uh, they have faced the. I actually have this written out. Oh, right here we go. Yeah, they fa- they faced the first, fourth, seventh, eighth, eleventh, and twelfth best pass protecting teams, and then they faced the first, second, and third best run blocking teams in the NFL. So you know they faced Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Baltimore Ravens, the Cleveland Browns, and the Buffalo Bills. You know, those are a bunch of offenses with really good offensive lines. They run the ball well, and a lot of them pass protect well, not to mention, you know, Lamar Jackson is a tough quarterback to match up with. And then last week with Derrick Henry, it is just tough to bring him down, no matter what. He is like Brandon Jacobs in his prime. So part of their raw statistical problems, I think come down to just some tough matchups to start, start out with. I mean, it's, you know, the giants have had a few of those already as well. Absolutely, man. And you know, what's crazy. They barely beat the Cleveland Browns at Arrowhead in week one. This team could be two and five right now. Isn't that wild to think about? And I know, Chris, you took care of the defensive side of the football for Big Blue View while I took care of the offense. But I wanted to do a little bit of digging into the defense as well. And it just seems like, similar to the Giants, they're not playing with a lot of confidence right now. It doesn't seem like they're all on the same page. I mean, they have solid players up front. They missed Chris Jones for two weeks, and he returned this past week, I believe. And he's going to be available against the Giants, which is unfortunate. They have Frank Clark. They brought in Jerron Reed. This uh, last offseason, their linebackers are pretty good. I think they have two really young linebackers who are, you know, pretty excellent players in the making. Willie Gay is a little bit of a uh, developmental type of raw prospect. And then uh, Nick Bolton's playing a lot better than I think I expected when they drafted him out of Missouri. Yeah. This, I, this I like what I've seen from him so far. Who's that? Uh, Bolton. I like what I've seen from him yeah. so far. Yeah, now Bolton's looked really good. I, I think if, if I had to pick maybe liability – it's probably the cornerbacks. I, I don't. I think they're they're adequate players. That no one's really uh, over the top good. I think Legarius Sneed's a solid player. He's playing the slot. That's a little bit difficult. Chavarius Ward was injured a little bit this year, and he stepped in and he's been playing uh, solid from everything that I've seen. And then I think Fenton is their other one, their other cornerback, if I'm not mistaken, Chris, and he's another just adequate player. I think if the Giants had Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, all healthy. The Giants would definitely have the advantage in that area. If we're gonna go, you know, if we're gonna simplify things, but with Colin Johnson and you know Dante Pettis, who played really well this past week, it's definitely uh, more of a toss-up. And then Tyron Matthews is just an absolute stud still, but he's yeah. probably not. I would say he hasn't had those big flash plays that we're used to seeing from him. So yeah. prime time, good players rise to the top. Hopefully, that doesn't happen here. Yeah, I'll say trying to sort out the Chiefs secondary, and I would say that definitely has been kind of the the weakness, the main weakness of their defense, in addition to what you said. Guys just aren't playing quite up to what we should expect from them. But Legereus Sneed, he had a great year last year as a rookie. This year, 
you know, he's been bouncing back and forth between outside and the slot. And that's kind of tough for a second year player to really get a handle on. You know, he's giving up a lot more passes. He he hasn't had the kind the impact that he he has had. Uh Javarius Ward, he missed four games with I believe it was a quad injury. He returned last week against the Titans, but he didn't start. I, I kind of expect him to start on the outside this week. And then also they have Mike Hughes, and I believe he has he is, is at least supposed to be their primary slot. Yeah, you know, he's playing uh, somewhere between half and two thirds of their snaps. Yeah, you know, he is a solid player, former first round pick. Uh, he isn't allowing a whole lot past him. Uh, three passes defensed and two forced fumbles so far. Uh, but all in all, it seems like they just can't get guys to click and you know play as a unit right now and also giants fans might be curious uh deandre baker has one start and was inactive against the titans <laughs> i was curious so thank you i yeah, completely he's played forgot the snaps in four games i completely forgot that deandre baker was there but uh speaking of former giant that is there steve spagnolo former giants defensive coordinator uh, for a long period of time, has been leading this this Chiefs defense. And as I was talking about, for a good chunk of the time leading the group, they were one of the best in the NFL. Right now, statistically, the complete opposite of that. But Giants fans should be familiar with with how this this scheme is going to look to an extent. What are the expectations for how this Chiefs team lines up and, and what that means for this Giants offense? Let's say... Uh- Spags defense, lots of four man fronts, uh, some base four three, a lot of uh, four two five nickel, some four one six dime. He likes you know pretty aggressive coverages, lots of cover one, fair amount of cover two and cover three, unusually high rate of uh, cover zero from what I saw, and you know he's not afraid to send pressure. Uh, Four man rushes, five man rushes, six, seven man rushes, which, you know, not surprising from a defense that isn't afraid to run cover zero. So I I expect a fairly familiar looking four man front. And I also expect a fair amount of pressure. You know, the Chiefs have, I think it's the sixth highest blitz rate in the NFL, and they actually get pressure at a reasonably high rate. Uh, I think they're eighth overall in total hurries so they I, I they're worse in league as far as sacks go but they can at least move a quarterback off his spot and force him to get rid of the ball sooner than he'd like yo let's call it joe chris tight end screen for at least a 25 yard gain to evan <laughs> call okay it. or an end around that goes for a four yard loss which one do you think is more likely Um, both (laughs) I think they're equally likely (laughs) what about you Nick what are some of the things that you know that Chris might not have mentioned that you think uh, stand out about this defense about the defense I think Chris nailed it in terms of the aggressiveness and I think the Giants can use that against them but they have to be smart with how they use it against we know Spags likes to bring pressure and Chris you already named off all the statistics that kind of substantiate that claim I think the Giants have to have these screens and these quick hitters. And Daniel Jones, pre to post snap, has to be on top 
of what the defense is trying to do. The receivers, from everything I've seen, have done a good job communicating whenever they think somebody is going to be rushing a nickelback or somebody, and then they communicate to him, and then they get that hot read in, and if he doesn't go, Daniel Jones you know, goes through his progressions and adjusts post-snap. If he does come, you throw hot. I think Daniel Jones has done a solid job doing that throughout the season. And I think Daniel Jones also, because Spagnola likes to run a little bit of man coverage, like you said as well, Chris, you have to use your legs, man. You have to use your athletic ability to defeat the Chiefs. You have to basically use everything in order to get an advantage on a team like the Chiefs. And you got to kind of get lucky, too. You have to capitalize on every situation. And as we've said, man, the Chiefs are not great defense. So Jason Garrett's going to really need to get deep into his bag of tricks. I, I really hope Kadarius Tony is active for this game. It's it's still a little bit too early as we're recording this to know exactly how that's going to uh, play out with, with Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley. But – it's going to be difficult. It's going to be very difficult. But the Giants and Jason Garrett need to take advantage of that aggressiveness, similar to what they did against Phil Snow uh, last week, only it's going to be a much different game script, I would imagine, than, than what they saw against Carolina. Yeah, the the Chiefs don't have the same kind of pass rushers. Now, maybe getting Chris Jones back will change some things. You know, He is still a really good defensive lineman. Yeah, he can play outside. He can slide inside. Yeah, he presents a lot of tough matchups. But yeah, Frank Clark again, a solid defensive end. The guys they have inside, yeah, there isn't that same threat inside. They can beast out. They can push, but you 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 don't have anybody really threatening to penetrate on the inside in the Chiefs' yeah. defense. Although, again, Tyron Matthew. Yeah, he's kind of an X factor. <laughs> he is. Jerron Reed, he, he's a good player. And I don't think he's been actualized quite yet in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. And he's somebody just to know. They got him from Seattle. And I'm also a big fan of Colin Saunders as well. Just as a, as a I met him, you know, I was, uh, when I was interning at the Senior Bowl, I was his group leader down there. So, like, he was, he was a really cool and fun guy. And then every time I'm watching Red Zone, I see him flash a play here or there. But him and Derek Noddy both aren't players that are going to impact the pass. But in terms of moving them off the ball, it's a little bit difficult, especially when your center is Billy Price, your left guard is Matt Skura, and Will Hernandez is just inconsistent. Yeah, and that I think is the the problem there where the, the Giants just don't know what they're going to get one play to the next from their offensive line. It's it's maddening, man. The Will Hernandez thing, it, it's it's frustrating, dude, because you've seen it, man. We've seen it on film. We've seen, you know, high level of guard play. We've seen him drive people off the ball. Even in the last game, he took the uh, Morgan Fox. And Morgan Fox, he was slanting inside a little bit. He's a defensive end and edge type of player, somewhat of a defensive lineman for uh, for the Panthers. And he physically just, like, moved him. And I was like, dude, that's what I thought we were getting with Will Hernandez. But those snaps and those plays are so few and far between for yeah. somebody who was selected at 34. It's It sucks, man. The whole Will Hernandez experience has been somewhat disappointing, and I'm really pulling for him, but it just hasn't come together quite yet to what I expected it to be when Dave Gettleman selected him early in the second round back in 2018. Yeah, I was say, at his best, shades of Chris Snee. At his worst, shades of Dave Deal. <laughs> <laughs> It's definitely an interesting spectrum for uh, for Will Hernandez. But this game, an opportunity for some of those injured guys to uh, come back into the lineup. As you mentioned, Kenny Galladay, Saquon Barkley. We don't know for sure when we're recording this on Wednesday who exactly will be available, but there is certainly a possibility of that happening. Folks, thank you for tuning in for today's preview episode. 
Be sure to stay tuned for a post-game live stream and then also our film breakdown after the game. Enjoy the rest of your week, folks. We'll talk to you soon.